0: Welcome, welcome, welcome! This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode one hundred and two. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in, guys, and thank you. I mean, having you all tune in this week means all the more because you've. It means that the four drunk episodes haven't put you off too much. Because um, damn, they got messy. Um, good lord, good, good, googly moogly, they got messy. But thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, as ever speech development com. come check us out um you can go there and support the podcast and i mentioned this and people i probably you hear it every week so you don't really care but it's a good way to just give some 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 money back for the free episodes that you get every week we've done over 100 now this is episode 102 but a lot of them have been in, in multiple parts so You can buy Team 3W mugs, which is the welcome, welcome, welcome uh, distraction pieces to Team 3W, the hardcore, and T-shirts and all sorts. But you can also get um, our new stickers at records.com. It's a great sticker pack. It's got some Speech Development stickers, some Scroobius Pip stickers, a Team 3W sticker. So it's a real variation. Um, Yeah, check that out. Also, they're free if you're spending over £30 in the store. So that's that's super lovely too. Let me tell you some some tour date announcement stuff because I might have announced it online by now. I'm recording this a couple of weeks in advance. Um, have I mentioned them? My guest is Colin Murray. He's great. It's a two party. You're going to love it. Um, but let me mention some tour date stuff because I'm doing. am going to. I'm not going to have exact details for you, but I'll talk you through it all because it's very exciting. I've got my book coming out. Um, It's the Distraction Pieces podcast book, and I'm releasing it on my birthday, August 3rd, and I'm doing a special live launch, book launch slash birthday podcast at the Leicester Square Theatre, which is is where we did the last live one, and I'd love for you guys to come along to that. Um, I'm going to be recording it, but yeah, I'd love you all to come along. The setup for the live podcast is that I'm just going to have you guys come up and be part of the podcast, so I'm going to get you to form an orderly queue and come on and ask a question and we'll have a bit of a chat on a subject and that's going to make up the podcast we've got a few people coming along who are previous distraction pieces guests who are also going to um hopefully get up and get involved but yeah that's how the big leicester square one's going to work but then i'm doing a book tour and it's weird because the book is a book of the podcast and although i've talked about it loads and i'll talk about it more on that live A book launch one although I've written extra stuff and extra sections and new bits it's a weird one to do readings and they asked if I'd do signings and it's like I'm not I'm not Katie Price it's a bit it's a bit odd so I decided to do these mini live podcasts all around the country and I'm not going to record all of them in fact most of them I'm not going to record it's just going to be in the moment but it's basically a way to come to bookstores or venues and do a book launch and signing but also have something more there so again it'll be this the same thing you can come up on stage ask me a question and we'll have a discussion on the topic um if anyone turns up if it's just a uh, you and me then we'll just you know have a chat and it will last 10 minutes and then we can all go home but yeah so on the 4th of August I'm going to be in Birmingham on the 5th of August I'm going to be in Manchester on the 6th of August I'm going to be in Edinburgh now we're going to hopefully recall that one because it's part of the Edinburgh Fringe tickets are on sale now they might have already sold out they're going very quick it's a small venue so yeah that's happening there um on the 8th of august i'm gonna be in glasgow also hoping to record that one because it's at the Oran Moor, which is an a a venue i've been to in the past and loved i think that's where it is anyway i'm i might i might have made that up but yeah the glasgow one our tickets again are on sale now and that's a bigger venue so please spread the word on that because we hope to get some people through despite the fact edinburgh festival will be on and everyone will be in edinburgh on the ninth on tuesday the 9th of august i'll be in, in liverpool on wednesday the 10th i'll be in, Br- in bristol no yeah on wednesday the 10th i'll be in, in bristol on thursday the 11th we're trying to sort either cardiff or brighton and we're trying to make w- one work and see what what we can fit in because we're not sure how much we can fit in but on Friday the 12th is the exciting one. I'm going to be in Stamfordly Hope in Stamford Library, which I've lived in Stamford my whole life. And my mum uh, worked in that library and runs that library. And my br- br- brother has worked in, the, in that library. So come along to that. Yeah, I'm ex- excited about that. All of these... You can get tickets for online in advance. The ones that aren't proper live ones are obviously a lot cheaper tickets because they're it's more a sign-in and blah, blah, blah. But the ones that are the recorded bigger ones, they're, they're a bit more expensive because they're venues and there's crew and staff to, to take into account and recording and all that kind of thing. But yeah, so come along to them. Um, I'd love the, the Stanford one to get nice and busy. But I said, all of these tickets are available. Just Just do a bit of Googling and that they're going to be pretty easy to find you've got the date the location and you know my name if you google my name the location and the date you're you're sure to figure it out so um that's that i'm going to get on with this podcast now because this has now become a a long intro um i had colin murray on and i love colin murray it's this is one of the most i've looked forward to we've been trying to get this in for a while and a lot of you will be already Familiar with Colin from his great Radio One show, from his great talk sports show, from all his TV's done and everything else. But he's he he gave me and Dan one of my favourite interviews that we had in our career, and it was great fun, and just always got on with him ever since. He also gave me a spoken word section on his BBC One show, which is or, or BBC Radio One show, sorry, which is crazy, particularly at the time. Um, there wasn't any sp- spoken word g- getting on big. Big radio station, so it meant a lot. Obviously, this turned into a two-parter because we had a lot to catch up on and reminisce, and he's a great talker, he tells some wonderful stories. So I normally do these as a a midnight and midday. Um shall I do that this time? Yeah, I will. I'll do it as midnight and midday because it's it just works better. So this one will already have gone up at midnight because you're listening to it now. At midday, part two will be out as well. Um, so check that out. I'm gonna not ramble on too much more. This is Colin Murray on the Distraction Pieces Podcast. This piece of fiction is the insult of the Strachan. This piece of fiction is the insult of the Strachan. This piece of fiction is the insult of the Strachan. This piece of fiction is the insult the of the, the Strachan. <laughs> She did Adam Buxton, and she did my podcast, and then she said, "I'm just going to. I've done. I've come out. I've come into the press enough now. I'm just going to ease off." And that's it. That was it. Yeah. Um, But that was Kathy Burke. I'm joined by Colin Murray. How are you, sir?
1: Yes, good. Nice to see you. Uh, Well, we 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 go back. We do go back. Yeah. I've been
0: I've been really looking forward to this one because I say this on the podcast every now and then, and I said it was exciting to have. It's exciting to do people like like Kathy Burke and Adam Buxton, who I've been a fan of but not met. But It's equally exciting. People that I go way back with, but we never get a chance to catch up and never get a chance to chat,
1: so... And also, shoe on the other foot. Yeah, yeah. Because I've probably interviewed you three or four times. Yeah. So, payback. back. I I think, (laughs) possibly...
0: Definitely top five, but possibly my f- most enjoyable interview was on your show. Oh, when, fantastic. On Radio on, One. on Radio One. Oh, come and when on. me and Dan came in, and I can't even remember what we talked about, but all three of us were literally in tears at one point.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and it was just, yeah,
1: it, it works. Well, that, so that's so nice. That's really nice coming from you because, you know, it, it, when I listen to your podcast as well, you, you talk to the person as an equal. And it's, yeah. it, it sounds like an arrogant thing to say, but it, it's always been a thing for me when I'm interviewing people is, is you know, treat them as an equal because that's the most respectful you can be. Yeah, you know, really. if you think you're better than them when you're interviewing, I'm the journalist and I'm going to interview you and uh, yeah. you know, demean anything about what you do, then, then you really shouldn't be doing an interview. But, but similarly, if you put them on a pedestal, they will go into autopilot so quickly yeah. uh, because they're like, fuck, I've answered this like 40 times today. And yep. It's not being different for the sake of it. It's just, um, yeah. I, my first ever interview proper sort of face-to-face was, and this show's fucking Elm 40 next year, it was the launch of Pepsi Blue. Do you remember when Pepsi Blue came out the can? It used looks, to be red, white and blue, Spire do you remember? Scales kind of era, it, was it? Kind of, it was kind of era, was kind of. It was kind of, a bit, of it they was, would... well, they launched it by painting Concord Blue oh, wow. in, uh, at Heathrow. And I worked for a local newspaper, 16 or whatever. So I because i have been doing quite a decent job yeah. as a work experience, they'd give me that as a free trip. So I flew from Belfast into Heathrow and interviewed the people who were launching it, which was uh, somebody Somebody else might have been like Boris Becker or something, I can't remember. Yeah. But, uh, and then it was Claudia Schiffer and Cindy Crawford. And, oh, wow. and Cindy Crawford had been my sort of 13-year-old sort of uh, uh, teenage crush. Yeah. So I had posters over on the wall and stuff like that, you know. And I went to interview at sixteen, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way, but when she sat down, she wasn't any prettier than the girl who I was dating back home. Oh, well. yeah, or, and, yeah, and it yeah. taught me about this horrible aesthetic. Straight in my very first interview, I learned about the horrible aesthetic of celebrity because yeah. here was the girl who was on my wall and you know filled me full of very naughty thoughts and private moments. Who didn't even fancy her as it yeah. you know was a horny teenager sitting beside me. And I kind of from then realized it really smashed preconceptions early on. I've always thought that's a so from then, yeah. I've always tried to interview people with that in mind, and that we're all exactly the same. And you know, I should give you the equal amount of respect that I expect from you, if, if that makes yeah, sense. As,
0: as humans, yeah, it's human, 100%. And it's what's greatly misinterpreted about the whole adjuster band section of thou shalt. It's yeah. it saying exactly that. It's saying, these are just people. Yeah. And it's crazy because they're posters on your wall, yeah. they're this and that. But in reality... They're just a bunch of dudes. And and people,
1: yeah. if you go through that list, people always have fantastic stories about moments that backs that up. And, you know, yeah. in, say the Pixies, a friend of mine picked up uh, Black Francis from the airport uh, to take him to a festival in Ireland. And then the whole drive, the whole way there, he was telling me about some sort of breakdown in his personal life and he's in the car and he's just thinking fucking hell don't do this it's like to me them, you're like the ultimate legend it. and I'm like no that's brilliant you know yeah. that's we all bleed exactly the same you know um, and, and I think if once you put yourself there you, you know I, there's a real misconception that the good interviews are the ones where you're stern faced and you're yeah. pushing people and I've, I've always hated that you know I've always hated that and sometimes a lot to the to the consternation of my bosses, you know, yeah. I won't ask that question against that, that news line because yeah. I just feel like, well, I know what you're going to say when I ask that, and I, you know.
0: It's, it's so weird that that, that the podcast, like, like when I started this, it started to get a lot of love and what it seemed to be because of was kind of exactly that, which yeah. should be the standard, but it's the fact that it's not. We have relaxing conversations with people I want to <laughs> talk to. I have people ask me all the time if I'd have um, a Tory MP on and things like that. It's like, I wouldn't because... I'm not into them, but yeah. I don't do the podcast to dig anyone out or attack anyone. I'm not an investigative ju- a yeah. journalist. These are meant to be f- enjoyable conversations. And if, if there's a big topic that needs to come up, I'll try and bring it up. But in yeah. a in a way you would with mates. If well, I remember when, it was actually after the podcast, but I had Ricky Hall on. Yeah. Um, and after that, he had his big thing he was in. He's a, he's a model. And he had this big thing in the paper where they were just saying he's, he's Zoolander. He's the biggest yeah. idiot in the world. He had this yeah. quote in the paper that said they said, oh, where do you take your style influence from? And he said, anywhere from children to the catwalk to homeless people. Yeah. And the fact he said homeless people got people a lot shit. And he texted me the next day saying, because he's meant to be DJing at my club, and it's like, just still want me to DJ because it's not going down well. I said, <laughs> no, it's fine. You're all right. But then I yeah. also said, you know you fucked up with that line though, because in reality you would talk about them things, but yeah. not in an
1: attacking. Why did you say this? You do, go, do, do you know what, Dude, I mean, though, what was that about? That, that, that world of where he's, you know, who printed that. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it's diminishing hugely now, yeah. which I which I love. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there, there's certain newspapers, one in, one in particular that we all know. Yeah. Its only consistency is in printing lies. And losing uh, readers, yeah, I mean, it's dropped by like three hundred thousand a year, yeah, every year for like ten years, which is brilliant. Yeah. And they recently printed something about my my private life, and I said to everyone involved, I said, look, don't even give them a no comment. Act like it doesn't exist because yeah. they don't. You know, we can't yeah. let these people govern our lives, and they don't have that power anymore anyway. Yeah. And funny enough, I got one tweet about it. You know, if I tweeted out. I've just seen uh, Magpie uh, taking a shit in a train station. Yeah. I'd get more than one tweet back, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's great to see that diminish in that world. And I think a lot of famous people answer them and 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 treat them like like real human beings that got oppressed. And you just don't have to. You just block them out of your life now, and, that, and that's fantastic. You know, the, they've.
0: I think we've learned a, a lesson about the gut oppressed from trolls and social media. Because yeah. you realise that the more you respond to them, the more they grow. Absolutely. The more you go who gives a shit
1: what this, yeah. like this
0: everyone knows or what, or what you print is nonsense yeah. why would I even
1: engage and, and in it and we also know that they you know that they fake pictures yeah. that they hack dead girls phones and, yeah. and they do some of the most heinous things you could ever imagine So, yeah. and, and we are the great thing about the technology and the, the, the digital revolution if you like is that I think we're all and I include myself in this much more savvy about how things work yeah. and we demand a little bit more I think you yeah. know? and that's a, that's a good thing it's interesting you say about the, the whole interview thing as well. I, I learned to, you're all, I'm learned you're. always learning, you know, I'm always trying to learn a little yeah. bit, bit more. And it was only about, how many years ago now? Five and a half years ago, I was making an Olympic documentary, a big yeah. Olympic documentary. And I was trying to track down every living British Olympic gold medalist. It was 114. Wow. So I tracked down 113 in the end. Um, but the guy I was working with stopped me after about five, six, seven interviews. And he said, do you know the one thing you're not doing? He was, I was like, what? And he went, you don't watch back the footage. You, you, you read so much, you read 20 interviews and yeah. you read them, but you don't watch the thing. Yeah. So we're interviewing Adrian Murhouse and he said, watch, watch it back and have a look. So I watched him win the race, and he said, what did you get out of it? And I was like, well, he was wearing a white T-shirt, and nobody else was when they walked out. They were all bare-chested, yeah. and he was wearing a white T-shirt. And he went, right, ask him about it then. So I thought, well, I'm going to ask him about that. So in the interview, I, was, I said, I noticed you were wearing a white T-shirt. And he went, oh, no, there was no reason for that. I, I was like, so it wasn't a lucky thing. And he was like, no, and he went, you know what, though? I did have lucky speedos up until, like, a month before that, and I lost. <laughs> and in a fit of rage, I cut them up, like, with all the pressure of the oh, Olympics wow. had got... And all of a sudden, it led to this fantastic story, which eventually led to the story about him meeting David Wilkie when he was a kid, and saying to David Wilkie, who was an Olympic gold medalist, "I want to be an Olympic gold medalist." So, like sometimes the most small things. And when yeah. you shy, and so I've learned. You, I think you're always learning, but but ultimately, as I begin this uh, interview with a huge ramble, oh, if I, I was you right now, I'd be thinking, "Shut the fuck up!" Oh, I love it. Um, is that? Um, and and this is where radio works, and I would count this as radio. If yeah, you like, yeah, sure. Is that that's exactly what you've got time to do you know yeah you can have and these long yeah you can find a lot more things. about the person you know
0: it's fascinating I was, I was obsessed for a while with every time people talk about um, X Factor or The Voice or any of these and how they're these these, these flash in the pan moments they're famous mm-hmm. and then they're gone it always struck me that and, and, and how harsh that is. It always struck me that, well, the Olympics is a million times yeah. worse than that, because you spend years training for this, and
1: then the day later, yeah. everyone's forgotten. Well, and and this is double cruel, because I can't remember a name, which yeah. makes me a horrible person, uh, because oh, the story is it, about how people can't remember a name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was, a, there was a two Olympics in a row, uh, a, a, a female uh, yachting trio won gold, and yeah. they were called the Blondes in a Boat. yeah. And after the first time there was a fallout and one was replaced by another one, and it was this young girl, she went with the two better-known sailors, one Olympic gold, and then went back to university. So yeah. she would be, I would say, amongst the most unknown Olympic gold medalist Britain has yeah. ever produced. Anyway, and I feel terrible for not remembering her name. She goes back to university and she's studying sports science and all that stuff. And in the class, they do a thing in class. What attributes do you need to be an Olympic gold medalist? And she hasn't told anyone in the class that she's won but Olympic she gold. yeah. So she fills out, she does the thing, and she comes bottom of the class. <laughs> and the teacher points it out and says, "So you would, would you absolutely don't have what it takes to be an Olympic gold medalist?" Meanwhile, she is a fucking Olympic That's gold so medalist. Mental, isn't <laughs> you know, I always, always love that story. That's but, crazy. but that, that kind of does sum up the uh, the sort of oblivion that you can go to. But um, it's it's
0: it's the realization as well. And I think I can't remember who I was talking to on the podcast. It was during the podcast I kind of realized this that. The only problem with that is our obsession with celebrity. Yeah, exactly. The fact is, the people who are spending all their years to get this insane uh, level of of fitness or athleticism or skill, they're not doing that to be famous. They're doing that to achieve that. It's, it's. I got really angry a while back. You see it posted a lot. And by people who would be into my stuff and and follow me, people post a meme saying, stop making stupid people famous. Yeah. And it annoys me because it's like, right, well... Number one, intelligence doesn't have to be the only thing of fame. And number two, most of the intelligent people in the world probably aren't looking to be famous and probably don't give a shit about fame. They've got far more important things to worry about. So on both sides of it, it's like there's an ignorance there in that statement, in trying to be elitist about intelligence and saying all these stupid celebrities, it's like... Sliveries, mm. part of that is for
1: the stupid stuff in life, the the ludicrousness in life. A lot of intelligent people are as fame hungry as yeah. somebody who would consider to be not as academical, and the the, the world's full of of so called reputable journalists and less reputable journalists yeah. who are no different to me than a sixteen year old with a guitar who yeah. turns up at X Factor. And will do anything to be famous. Yeah. They're no different, yeah. you know. And I almost won't name them, not because I'm I'm afraid of naming them, because I just don't think they ever deserve to yeah. be mentioned. But we know the journalists we're talking about. You know, one in particular who will say anything controversial. You know, it's, yeah. it's Twitter feed at the moment's trying to barb people a little bit about Muhammad Ali, who, who just passed away as we yeah. we're recording this. Yeah. And you kind of think there's not you're you're no different than. Yeah a 16 year old guy or a 16 year old girl who can't really sing very well but will do anything to be in that boy band or that girl band that's you and just because you're wearing a suit doesn't make it any different just because you got a degree doesn't make it any different you're solely insecure and need fame to validate your existence and there's journalists that are no different than pop singers make it stop making
0: horrible people famous or nasty people that's a far better because again it's not about intelligence
1: you can be the most intelligent guy in the world and you can be a piece of shit exactly and my my philosophy is that that fame doesn't exist you know Mm. it's really interesting I mean it's happened so many times in, in my life and I think how has this person changed you know and the only thing that's changed them is that they get stuck in the bubble and I Ronnie Barker lived uh, I lived just outside London and Ronnie yeah. Barker used to live in this village I live in and he ran a I think his wife ran the actual antique shop but he would often be out the back pottering yeah. away And he's got a great quote, and it's always stuck with me. It's in my like top five mantras. I always remember if I ever turn into a prick, you know. And I always think, well, what are you doing? Get back to where you are. And, you know, I've had moments in my life where I've done certain jobs where you you feel yourself getting sucked into it a bit. And and someone said to him, Ronnie, what's it like being the most recognizable person in Britain? Which Ronnie Barker probably would be right up there on the list when he was alive he he would have been his whole life you know the rim glasses and you know you straight away know it's him and he said fame is somebody who doesn't get the bus that's what famous is when you when you decide yourself that you will no longer get on the bus you've made yourself famous you put yourself behind the rope is what he was saying and it's true like the more Ronnie Barker got on the bus just outside Harrow the less people give a fuck that Ronnie Barker was on the bus Yeah, and then and and what a privilege it is and I am you know absolutely minor in this front you know in terms of uh, people recognise who I am but you know usually once a day someone goes to me hey you uh well, what a privilege that is, and yeah. I, I don't have the social barrier when I pay for petrol. Usually, the guy will because he's got a radio on 12 yeah. hours a day he goes, I'll listen to a show. And of course. we do a thing on my radio show where we someone phoned up one of the very first ones in Talk Sport and said, Great show! And I I can't stand people eating. i like, I don't yeah. I like the people it. I hate for that, sure. you know. Yeah, so I was like, Average, it's average, and it's yeah, yeah. stuck for three years. But it's become like a code for people who are coming up to me, not to ask me what Gary Lineker was like when I did Match of the Day. They want to come up and just say, I'm I'm part of your connection in your community. And they'll always go, all right, mate, average have show. They'll go, average sunglasses, you're wearing average jeans. Brilliant. And it it never gets tired. I never get tired of it because that's the privilege of doing anything that's in the public eye. Not everybody creates the rest of themselves. There are exceptions, and I understand what it must be like to walk down... A street. If you're Paul McCartney, yeah, um, yeah. who was exposed to a, an era where, he, he, you know, he wouldn't have been aware of what was going to come and what happens oh, would come with it. With oh, the one of the media. first true eras of yeah, of fame, which is
0: an interesting thing actually to come up as you mentioned um, the the greatest and Muhammad Ali mm. passing uh, or yesterday as we talk about this now. Yeah, right? um, it's a fascinating thing because people are talking a lot about t- 2016 being a crazy yeah. year. For people, yeah, dying. But is it just we're old? It's, it's, is it it's, we're getting older? Is it is it's, or it's, it's the era of celebrity? Yeah, well, we're now fifty to sixty years from when TV and music and everything blew up. That's very so, true. so the 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 amount of celebrities, yeah, that before then, before McCartney and things like that, there weren't that many super famous people. Yeah. And after that, there was a lot more. So you think of what age he's at. He's at yeah. that age where a lot of his peers are going to be passing away. Yeah, so yeah. the the thinking on my part is that 2016 feels unusual now. That's going to be the norm. Yeah. Because we've reached that point where all the, the, the
1: boom in celebrity is. Has, uh, has devil got older now? I'm going to have to give my head around and accept it because there was a run for a while where it felt like every week I was going on the radio and, yeah. and just feeling so deflated. And, you know, we were doing a sports show where we were like, you know, yeah. let's just leave sport for a bit, you know. And yeah. the worst thing about, the worst one was Prince because I've yeah. never seen Prince live. There's some right. artists that you just, you haven't seen and they're on the list and various things happen to stop you seeing them. Yeah. And uh, I went to, I like baseball and I was watching baseball in the States. And my partner rang me and said, you'll never guess what. Prince has just confirmed two shows at the roundhouse tomorrow night and the night after, and the tickets went on sale this morning, and I've got to. Like, and I was like, oh, fuck, I might fly back, I might fly back, I might fly back, and I didn't. And like, I, I, I would have been crazy to fly back. I yeah. literally just landed, but I was that keen. Yeah. And fuck, I didn't. That was last year. Yeah. So another one, Neil Young, he's, he's three one or one four of times I've, I... I've had tickets and not seen him, and I've got tickets to see him in Leon next week. Yeah. And I'm just like, don't let anything happen. Yeah, you know, you
0: go because again, I I had similar. I had tickets the fir- when me and Dan blew up with our first single and got our first big tour. I had tickets to see Prince doing oh, his run at the O2, no. and it was like, we've got our first headline tour. I can't. And two different times, I had tickets. I did catch him in the end at, um, at Hop Farm Festival, nice. and just um, amazing. But I think that whole thing is, as, as you were saying there, that. It's a weird thing, particularly being a public figure in any way or having any kind of show where if someone dies, you kind of have to address it. It's that odd thing on social media, and if you do or you don't, I'm now of the of the thinking of, I'd rather text my mates about it and yeah. say, man, this is so sad, rather than make a public thing. But yeah. if you're on a a radio show, it's, it's hard not to. But I think the, the positive that's going to come from this is, and it sounds weird that a positive is going to come from the point in time coming when more celebrities are dying but yeah. i think it's going to make people more comfortable with the idea of death which they should be because yeah. the fact is the more this becomes normal the, the less it's going to be this big shock mm. and big weird thing because every every month there's going to be someone that means a lot to you musically and sport in film mm. that passes away and you're going to have to kind of come to terms with the fact that everyone dies that's, Do that's a good thing i think I-
1: I, I would I would disagree. I, I would say that it will be an eternal problem people come to terms with death. And I don't yeah. think anything's gonna change that. my, my brothers uh, we're two very different types of atheists as yeah. we get older. I'm a very liberal, passive atheist. Yeah. You know, I'm I, I I don't in any way feel that somebody who embraces a god is less intelligent. I, I just believe yeah. we're all very complex and we make up our minds and yeah. you know. Completely um, and, and I I love having, you know, good debate, especially we've got like three or four religions and, and non-religions at one poker school. You know, right. and I, I love having fun with that. And I'm like, do yeah. you realise if, if you're wrong, he's right? And if he's right, you can't be right. I love yeah. just having fun with that. I'm different that way. So like a lot, a lot of people who I know who don't believe in God will say, well, religion's dying out, but just look at churches and just look at the people who are in churches. And I'm yeah. like, that's not the case as you get older and you're struggling to come to terms with what's next church is a wonderful bosom to to grab onto it's a wonderful thing to clutch because it it gives you that um, I I don't believe it but it does give you that that assurance that there's something else whereas I try my best as an adult to live my life that there isn't anything else and just uh, you know try and make sure every night you go to bed after you wake up that you can go uh, and it ties into what we're saying you know you, at the very least you haven't been too much of a dickhead yeah, and yeah. even better if you've managed to do something that you feel Complain has it. not 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 given something not not sort of is judged by other people to be good but by yourself you can say i'm glad i've done that today yeah and yeah. that's very difficult That's quite a new thing for me to try and do that and yeah. um and uh yeah, so it's, um, I suppose it all, all sort of ties in. I, yeah. I don't think anything I'll ever really quite, people quite used make to. human race say, we're okay <laughs> with death.
0: I, I, I dream <laughs> of the day they are. Because, again, like, like, I am, I'm weirdly, again, I mean, a lot of my lyrics discuss death. It's because mm. I'm weirdly kind of okay mm. with it. And I think that came from, like, every time my nan would go on holiday, mm. my mum would get annoyed because my nan would go, well my will's here and all the details of, oh. of what to do if I die is here and my mum would be like you go going on holiday don't don't prepare us all for that's you to what, die it, 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 but that was kind of a beautiful thing to me because it was like that idea of death was like well that's going to happen at some point so it, 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 here's the practical um, things you do you're, you're, you're born
1: and you die yeah, and you yeah, feel lonely and and these are these are there's three or four things in life. I was reading about the Givens that you know you should never make any decisions based on the fact you were born. Yeah, never make any decisions based on the fact that you're going to die. It's one of the big um, beliefs and, the and Prince had. You
0: he, know, he, he wasn't into birthdays because he said, "Well, if we didn't know that we were going to die at some point, yeah. you wouldn't celebrate this." Of surviving another year. If we never knew about death, we I wouldn't go. More. That's another year. We've yeah. we've not died yet. It's yeah. like
1: it's all it's all inevitable. But they're, 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 yeah, I, sorry, I call on. them greetings cards days. I yeah. mean, I don't do birthdays. I, I, I hate New Year's Eve. And I hate New Year's Eve because I'm just sad. If I'm, I'm sad at the amount of people who say tomorrow I'm going to do something, and, yeah. and I'm kind of think you could just do it on November the fucking seventeenth. Yeah, it's, yeah, you, yeah, it's yeah. a Gregorian calendar, you yeah. know. So just 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 you decide what you want to do and, yeah. and do it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. And I, I never get that. And but the weirdest thing now I'm going to turn into Victor Melody. <laughs> I I have every year I say the same thing. to Everybody in my family and friends, I'm like I don't do birthdays. Yeah. I hate birthdays please don't buy me anything. Yeah. I, I'm not interested in the cards. They go in the bin and I'm not being heartless but it's like, it's it's just my choice. I definitely I, I agree on the cards at Christmas day, as well. I'm very know? much, why are you all giving us cards? Ah, oh, I don't get it. I'll say i say, say to my wife, like, oh, if you want to get me a little thing, that's fine, I'll get in yeah. the morning, great, but I really don't want any pleasure. It's amazing how many people still buy me things yeah. after me saying that and I kind of think... Is that selfish of you to buy me a present? Because I've said my perfect birthday is to yeah. acknowledge, not acknowledge it. I was discussing it's this a with someone the, the, the other day, bizarrely. And again, it's
0: beautiful to have people that you can have open discussions with and it not be an insult. Because yeah. a friend of mine was saying that she loves to give presents. And I was like, well, but that is in a way selfish. Because mm. if, if, if you're giving a present for no reason and that person then feels bad that they've not got a present for you, do you know what I mean? The enjoyment yeah. that you're getting from giving that present, they're not getting because yeah. they don't get to give you a present. And it's, there is a weird, there is a weird
1: yeah. selfishness there. More normal people than you and I would yeah. say, um, I give you that fucking present, you ignorant twat, because I really like you and yeah. I care for you. Yeah. So I like that we've twisted it too because I agree it's like with you're you. Selfish giving think, me a but, present. Yeah, you selfish bastard. You selfish bastard. How dare you buy me a present? It's, but the point was, I said I don't want them. Yeah. And that's interesting. And I think it comes back to, not, i, I don 't like to sort of and, and th- listen, this sounds like i 'm incredibly rounded, but i 'm not this comes from failures because i didn 't acknowledge this yeah. in my earlier years coming through a you know broken family into adulthood and making the wrong decisions. Yeah. I learned about these things and um, you know don 't try not to make decisions based on where I was born, how I was born, and how I was brought yeah. up. I try not to make decisions based on the fact that I could die to, you know mm-hmm. and I, I try not to and also. I, I try not to make decisions because I don't want to be lonely, yeah. and that's the big one. Yeah, and impressive. I, you know, i always say this to you know in the ups and downs of my own relationships and stuff. I always say, look, it's it's all about wanting to be together, not wanting to to not, not be, alone. be alone. And a lot of people make decisions based on sort of well, well, that means there's somebody there. Yeah, and I think that's as dangerous as making it based in the fact shit, I'm going to die, and he did settle he down, and he, need need to kids down and he did grab something, and need to see every yeah. part of the fucking world, and you know, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. Um, But yeah, coming to terms with this, I think I'm okay with it. It's strange because I remember in a book when I was at school, it said uh, the average age people lived to. And at the time it was 72 for men and 70 for women. And it's always stuck in my head that I remember thinking that day I was only about eight or nine. No, it would have been about 11. And I remember going 72. That's the ripe old age I'm going to live to. And to this day... I'm pretty sure I'm going to die when I'm 72. Yeah. How yeah, stupid yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. Just for sort a of text. It's when... you've, you've got that down. That's when it's going yeah. to. I'll that. still be thinking. That. I'll still have the old thought every couple of months. I'll go, what on about it? Yeah. I go, How long have I left? Yeah. What's well, not bad actually? 32 years. Wow.
0: You see, I'm the opposite. I Always look and go. Oh God, that sounds exhausting. I've got I've got at least 30, 40. Oh man. I mean, yeah. I'm tired now, and it's been yeah. 34 years. There's that. I can't imagine doing all of this
1: again. But you must Natural. be enjoying this part of your life. Yeah. I, I find this the exactly. most enjoyable part of mine. Twenties yeah. I'd fucking never live again.
0: hundred um, percent. I think right now and again, all all things like fitness, I believe in fitness, not for extending your life, for getting the most out of enjoyment out of out of your life now. Absolutely. I like being in good shape and being able to yeah. do things and yeah. not And not have
1: to worry about it. And isn't that funny because we were a nation of obese apparently and we were moving towards this horrible era where everyone was going to have various sugar-related diseases and and I more and more am seeing this swell of people who um, are giving up smoking, are running through parks, are going into affordable gyms um, and and I'm the same, I gave up smoking 18 months ago, I've lost a couple of stone and, and, you know, it's definitely... um, different on that front now I Completely. think it's much more and of a normal part of I mean, life those things I sound like a cynic but it's because they found revenues
0: in them oh absolutely it's because the, the booming gyms CrossFit or whatever else or mm. or, or anti-smoking stuff or, or and all these the things, things it's the, like right we can make some money out of this therefore yeah. it can now become a positive for society well, also which thing, I'm fine
1: with the thing <laughs> that put people's weighed on in the first place, in terms of the, the you know the invention of proper computers, not the Spectrum two yeah. Ks, yeah. uh, but you know moving into the PlayStation era. Yeah. The things that got us fat in the first place are the same things like this here watch I'm wearing now. Is the same things getting me fit? Yeah, um, and I always think it gives me hope when things like that happen because it's a, I mean, it's a horrible economy. It's it's a, it's it's a cruel, horrible, inhumane world. In terms of the setup, the fuck is like bono, but you know what I mean. From the yeah. top, tel- the minute the minute we started wrapping up food, it, it became unfair. I suppose you know yeah. if you think about yeah. it. But um, we have what was I saying? What was my point? Of of the technology is, is oh yeah is, is, is developed the fact to come that's to make itself us a little healthy. bit, and it yeah. continues to. I always like to think sort of the fuck ups we make will ride itself, whether it be like ruining the plan or. I, th- I think you know. that's
0: what's what's weirdly happening as well. We've this is going to sound so old man, but but with the internet and social media and things like that is mm. we got all? Oh, we, oh, we suddenly had this great connection tool and we used it for porn and slagging yeah. people off and being yeah. aggressive and then you've seen now where there's media embargoes mm. and news that can't get out in parts of the world and, 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 and trash media and with truth. agendas yeah, the fact is people can just talk openly and mm. have that truth and that's like that's what it was for. That's yeah. what, like you kind of remember, that's why we started this, Absolutely. to have this openness and freedom. Yeah. And podcasts are another are one of them. I, I rave about it a lot, but not because I have one, but because I listen to, to 10 hours or so of podcasts a week because mm. I love that freedom of, 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 of talk and expression
1: there. And and it's completely, because I think that it's interesting because if you look at the various parts of the media that were apparently would be under attack from a digital era, yeah. which was the the, the the print print newspapers, uh, TV and how people watched it and, and, and how you could create revenue streams from and all that and, yeah. and radio I don't think radio has I think some radio suffered and a lot of radio suffered from not moving with it yeah, or, completely. or forgetting what the core value of radio is Yeah. Um. but it's also really exciting I mean we're sitting in a room at Talk Sport here there's not a studio you just sat it up while we were talking yeah. and off we go I mean I'm at the stage now where if I went to my boss at Talk Sport and said look I'm, I've decided I want to do my radio show from Hawaii from yeah. now on, or I want to do it from uh, the Australian outback, he would literally say to me, have you got uh, cable TV? Can yeah. you watch the football and the sport from yeah. there? And I go, yeah, I'll sort that. And he'd go, are you picking up the costs? I bet, yep. And he goes, okay, well, I'll pay you 70% of what I'm paying you now. Yeah. So, because we need something back if I'm going to let you work from anywhere yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I go, yeah, I could do that tomorrow. That's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I'm not brave enough to do it, but yeah. <laughs> TalkSport, and I,
0: and I want to get through your, uh, your whole career, so we'll jump right back to the start shortly, but yeah. I think TalkSport's a great example of developing and moving mm. with what people wanted, because there was a point where Talk had other stuff on, that, or TalkSport, it wasn't just yeah. people talk. Because I remember a, a, a message to you at one point when I'd got a new car and the radio actually worked, and before yeah. that it didn't, I had a tape deck and that was it, yeah. and the radio actually worked, and I was like... I've driven around constantly for three weeks and all I've listened to is you guys talking about sport. And part yeah. of it became a curiosity of, at what point am I going to get bored yeah. of people talking yeah. about And it? didn't. It never came. Never and happened. that was the beauty of it, was there was a point where there was that incorrect thought of, oh, we need to diversify. Oh, we need to have this in there. We need to change yeah. the subject here and there. And then they kind of went, no, actually, if we have got the people who can talk about it that mm-hmm. much, then there's the people out there who are yeah. just getting on with their day and having it on in their van or wherever else and need to... Or van sounds sounds very stereotypical talk sport. We, but, well, there, but,
1: you know, it's it's interesting it. because we are... I mean, they, they say now that sort of six out of ten people listen to talk sport of the same profile as six yeah. out of ten people listen to Five Live and stuff right, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the great thing about talk sport is... And listen, there's many negatives and there's many positives, and I think I've never worked anywhere that wasn't the same. I never will. And anyone listening to this in their job can do a list of negatives and a list of positives. Of course. But the greatest thing about this place is they have solidly just through, really, like we've had... the slot that I do, the 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we broke the all-time ratings record at a time when radio was going to be diminishing. So Amazing. since they turned on the signal here, we beat it. But we've also had lows. Like our last rating was 300,000 lower. Yeah. But they just let me get on with the business of being creative and and, and making three hours of radio that I feel is me. Yeah. And the only time they ever pull me in is they say, look, just, just remember who you are and remember what you're trying to do and yeah. continue to be the puppet master and put, getting the best out of people and doing what you do. You know, never feel like you need to do the big story all the time. Yeah. So that's really refreshing, you know. And actually, the BBC was the opposite, so that was very much more aimed at ratings.
0: But again, it's where I've always felt that you you come into your own uh, when it's exactly that situation. And what was great when... I I loved Colin and Edith in the daytime. I thought that was great and I want to talk about that. But it seemed that when... Similar with uh, when I got, got my XFM show, I, partly influenced by your show, was like, I want as late as possible because oh, i yeah. want as little yeah restrictions on me as possible i want to be able to do what i want to do and that's what i feel on the talk sport show and i was thinking on the way here i was thinking I, it's too much to say that it's even great if you're not into sport because most of the time you need to be into sport yeah. but there's there's still a lot i remember yeah. i'm sure i messaged you at the time but you had um a guy i can't remember his name but it was a the, the the blind explorer, guy. Miles Hilton Barber.
1: It was, it was yeah, honestly one of the yeah. best bits
0: of radio I've ever heard in my life, and he, he, I was he just sex for me today. You know, it was um, it was absolutely stunning. It was like right this this transcends uh, lads talking about yeah, sport or yeah. people having a laugh in the studio. Like this was just a fascinating
1: stuff. They're the moments I, like. They're the moments that make radio special for me. Yeah. That's why I love it. And and yeah, you have to go through sometimes. You know other interviews that are a complete other end of the spectrum. Mm. But this guy was, you know, blind at 21, 22, described himself, quoting him as a victim. He yeah. said, I thought I was a victim, didn't do anything to his 40s. And then all of a sudden he's flying around the world in his own, sailing around the world yeah. in his own, walking across the bed of the Dead Sea, pushing his mate in a wheelchair, yeah. you know, with a, and he's got his white stick. And and he, he said in that interview, actually, he said, uh, and it sounds a bit hallmark but it stuck with me. And he, he said the only enemy of today is yesterday and tomorrow and I thought that's kinda like kinda yeah. he put into one line yeah, what I've been beautiful. trying to develop as a philosophy yeah. for me. And and I think it's absolutely true. I, I think it's the I, best I, little bit of just one little you know, snippet of advice. If someone said to me, "Like, what is the one line you'd, yeah. you'd pass on that you've ever yeah. heard in any interview?" Yeah, it would be that guy. It's, it's interesting it's, you pull him out because yeah,
0: it's it's definitely it's 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 opened up for me as well because it's something that I've tried to then put out to people in another way. Was where he kind of said like, "I look at what I want to do, and then I look at the reasons I can't do that." Yeah, and I break it down. And yeah. like this first one was, I was flying a plane. He's like, "Why yeah. can't I?" And then he's like, "Well, actually." 90% of plane flying this day is it's all all reading meters and digital yeah. stuff it's not actually my eyes looking no. there's no pilot who's going oh we're gonna to have to turn left in a minute and yes. looking out for a signpost <laughs> it's like it's all digital so it's like so why can't I I yeah. can I can develop something that makes it that allow that's audio that tells me that I can yeah. then absolutely. control. and that was a great thing on again I've I said this I had Ed Skryan on the podcast it was absolutely amazing and he's got a mantra of of, of of why the fuck not yeah. and again it's it, it's a similar thing you can look at absolutely anything and if you look at being an astronaut and you're in your 30s then you can probably break it down and go right no there's reasons I can't do yeah, that exactly. and that's fine but yeah. if you have to look at it first like like anytime someone I know is like oh I can't do this I'm like can you give me the reasons because yeah. if you've just said you can't because you don't think you can and not actually looked at the reasons then it's wrong. You could be wrong. You and,
1: and could be really wrong. <laughs> there's always... Maybe it's our part of the world that makes it different, but I always feel there's a sizable more amount of people telling you why you can't than why you can. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's that's a difficult one. And, and, and also when you do, you tend to be... It's a terrible thing that people do, and I do it as well, but somebody says, uh, you know, I've just done this. Yeah. And you kind of think to yourself, I oh, wonder, can I do that? And in a weird way, there's part of that's inspiring, but the other part of it is the first thing you think about is why did I not do it? Yeah. And that can create a little bit of a, like people, when you do succeed at something, it can sometimes have a little bit of a vacuum negative effect. Yeah. Because everyone's looking around, that should be me. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's an inherent thing, isn't it? You automatically think it's
0: finding that and and making it motivational. I remember within a month or so seeing the Beastie Boys live and the Bloodhound Gang live and both of them completely different, but both of them I sat there and thought, feasibly I could do that yeah I'm not saying I could do it as good but but seeing one in the garage and one um, I
1: think it was at Wembley I was like there's somewhere in this spectrum that I could I could exist I find the Beastie Boys absolutely I think I think Bloodhound Gang's are a strange. Yeah, yeah. I can was, see why. Was you was weird the Beastie in on the one, wings. Yeah, but I, I wasn't expecting the Bloodhound Gang <laughs> no, at the no, other. It's, it's a shock, I'm pretty but... sure you could you could have done what the Bloodhound Gang were doing at that exact moment <laughs> with very little effort. Yeah. Beastie Boys, I get is something you would aspire to be, but you know. it's like, literally, I could I could
0: finish this gig. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. something went wrong. But...
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if he actually drops dead, the, the bass player, I could probably fucking do that. Don't worry, just by ear. I've got yeah. this. Um, <laughs> but so let's let's talk about
0: your kind yeah. of. Of, of upbringing, then so growing up, were you in Belfast or just outside?
1: Yeah, it was well, Belfast, Belfast is kind of like a lot of villages put together, yeah. Um, and uh, at that time, growing up, you, you very much stayed your village as well. And this is the old sink estates as well. So, Belfast yeah. sort of the further you went out, the more you get your estate So, each northeast, southwest all had their own council estates, yeah. So- south less actually, because that's a bit posh, right? Uh, but uh, so I was east Belfast, so. Where my estate ran out, there was about a mile of greenfields, two miles of greenfields, and you are in Newton Ards. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, so it's right amazing on the edge with, of Belfast. With so much
0: of Ireland in particular, and, and, and even now that you get to the edge of such built-upness, and it just stops. Well, and there's just flowing fields for so long. It's such a it's a, it's such a strange thing that we don't have s- as much in England. It seems in England, yeah. you'll get to the edge, and there'll be some really big nice houses, then some more nice houses, then it will start to yeah. get into yeah. to countryside. But in 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 Ireland, it seems so much is like it can be the most built
1: up, and you'll you'll cross a line, and, and there's barely a road anymore. And and that's that's such a, a shame. And the the more like I go back now and look at where I spent the first. I spent the first eight, eight, nine years of my life in this place called Ballybeen State. And then we moved out and then I moved back in when I was 15, 16, just turned 16 until sort of moving uh, out of there maybe at 19, 20. Yeah. And, you know, I go back now and I still sort of try and drive through it once every year and a half, two yeah. years. And it's changed so much. The best thing is about them knocking down the blocks, you know, yeah. and the big council high rises. But still, you know, when I, when we grew up there, yeah, I was saying this to someone the other day. I was I was doing an event at Stormont Castle for BBC Music mm-hmm. Day. And I, I'm, I'm looking out, and, and some of the people who came over for that were saying, so where did you grow up? And I was like, right there. And they were like, well, where's the shank on the fuzz? And I'm like, that's just it, there. And we could see everything. And they were like, so you, so you would have known all these? And I was like, no. I never, ever went up there. Yeah. I never went anywhere near there. Yeah. I went to Tiger's Bay once because I fancied a girl and they got my head taken off. Yeah. And apart from that, I stayed where I was because we had the doctor's surgery the supermarket, the football pitch, everything that we needed to be a community was Mm. in our own council estate and just in the streets outside. That's where we went. It's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, it was... You know, well, from one point of it, you know, you got you new people, and it was a sense of community, community. But yeah. the other side of it is, it's an awful thing it's, it's, to, separate it's, people, it's it's a to separate people for government to separate people and say, look, to put them, yeah. in, that's all you need. You yeah, stay there. It's social conditioning. It's, it's really bad, it's and it's, weird. it's when people complain about social housing, it it, it, it really fucking frustrates me. You know, because the, yeah. the the other option of that is to seclude people and put them all in one area in the outskirts and of a town. And how's that different leave? from what you do to? you know what What back in the day we said well you've got these diseases we'll put you out there yeah. and it's an economic version of that isn't it it's, you know, it's, so you, You're the generation before you didn't have a fucking chance we're not going to yeah. give you one either it's a weird one because
0: uh, when I was at school I'd, I'd, I'd have the piss taken a little bit because mm. cause my town hasn't got a cinema or yeah. any clubs or anything it's got pubs and takeaways essentially yeah. that's all it's got but that meant that from an early age, I would go to other towns. Mm. If I wanted to go out, I'd need to go to Basildon or Southend or Romford. And these aren't idyllic places to go to, but at least it's not just staying in my own place. And that was the thing with everyone else. And you realise, because you had, again, not this huge range, but just enough, just enough to make you not leave your five mile radius or 10 mile radius. like, that's not a good thing. Well, that's because not... as
1: a as a kid, that's where you form your prejudices, and yeah. that's where you form your suspicions and your fears. Yeah, completely. Um, that, of course, these days are fed fed a lot more by by media. But as you say, we're breaking out of that a bit. Um, but it's certainly not then. You didn't. That was very much fueled by. Yeah, it was a non-internet world. So fear and suspicion was quite easy to build up so, in people. You know.
0: So, so how big were? Because the two things that. Have 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 formed your life essentially a music and sport. Yeah. So how big were music and sport when you were growing up at school? Like how was it at school? Was there a lot of people into music or was you um,
1: know no? I the the two very different things. So sport was, I was very say, much self. Such a weird In thing me. is the way you've gone into both yeah. when there's such different worlds. You don't. I, I love the competition, so yeah. I I can go through my entire. Life as a child yeah. and quote sports, sports, sports. So the eighty six World Cup, World Cup, last time Northern Ireland qualified for a major tournament until the Euros, which I go tomorrow. It's like a company I can't I packed this morning, put my Northern Ireland flag inside my bag, put my tops, put my scarf, and it's so like oh my good. god, it brought me back to when I was at Kevin's birthday party and my mum would let me go home to watch. uh uh, I think it was the Brazil game, and yeah. like when we played Brazil and we get fucking hammered, and and, and I, I remember crying so much, and then she let me go and watch it. You know, is, is, is there a weird and, pleasure
0: uh, that that there's been that much of a gap oh since I was last in it, and, yeah. and you get to go now? It's it's
1: it's, it's, it's-
0: They've waited long enough for you to yeah. get to the point where you can be there representing and
1: covering I, this. Let me tell you, I'd rather we'd have qualified since, <laughs> but now it's here. it's has a brilliant perfect. fake badge honour yeah, You can, yeah. wear any England fan can page and you say, well, "Hold on a second, let yeah. let me tell you what suffering is." Yeah. But the sport was very much me. Uh, then I didn't realize at the time, but like I was fascinated with the rules of sport. So, so even when I was like six, seven, hmm. people would say to me. Uh, how does that work? And I'd be like, well, it goes 15 love, 30 love, 40 love, and it'll be juice at 40 and then mm-hmm. you need an advantage and you yeah, had six games or seven five or a tie break. And, this. and I just love the rules of sport. To this yeah. day, you know, I, I used to watch Grandstand from that was my Saturday, and I yeah. didn't want to do anything else. And I, you know, so when I was a kid, I was watching I Bracknell play ice the hockey over the rules and and of the horse racing and everything yeah. about how long's a furlong. And yeah. and I didn't realise that that was how my mind worked back then. I, I I'm acutely aware of it now that yeah. it's mathematical and it's nerdy and it's, it's yeah. that's what it is, and it's very uh, kind of like. Uh, you know, it, it is on the spectrum the way I think. I get yeah. that now, but at the time I didn't realize. Yeah, and I just loved and craved competition, and it, I would watch. Uh, You know, whether it was Khan playing squash or or Becker when he broke through at Wimbledon. I have these huge memories of all of this. I remember West Tip winning the fucking Grand National. Yeah, Like, I just remember all of these moments. I remember tops, like the blue with the stripe. I remember Don Woody. I remember, and it all sticks. And so I've always had a fascination with sport that's competitive rather than... Not necessarily the top, but just competitive sports and yeah. what and everything with it. Yeah. So that was that was me. Yeah. Music was very much the family, my mum. Yeah. So she she was ever sorry, my nose is running, get terrible cold. Yeah. My my mum was um, a hippie chick uh, yeah. growing up. She was born in the very early fifties. And my grandfather's a different story altogether, kinda of like the hero of my life. Yeah. Uh was in what well, what I thought was the army, which I've since found out was MI six. Right. Um, wow. and he travelled the world. So they lived everywhere. Yeah. And my mum was actually dragged off a plane in Singapore trying to run away to Woodstock. Wow. So I wouldn't have been born had she not have been dragged off that plane. But wow. I think now I realise when your grandfather was in mi six there was a good chance he was going to find out right yeah yeah, so we got this fantastic musical history so when i I remember very well there was the sport on the TV for me, but outside of that I mean i can't remember watching many programs growing up and yeah. to this day I like I will watch box sets, and that is again that side of the way my brain works I obsess and yeah. I go blah bu, 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 but I'm you not to get uh, through this yeah and that's that's brought me back to TV a lot more but Uh, we had this record player, which was fantastic. It was the only thing in the house that was like, you know, don't put your jammy fingers in this or whatever. And then we just had records, you know. My my stepfather moved in, it doubled as well. And he he liked all stuff that my mum didn't. So my mum tells me the first line I ever said as a human being, a full sentence was, "I come down from the misty mountain and I got lost on the human highway." Oh wow. it Still, you know, it chokes me up. It's a Nick, uh, it's a, a Neil Young album. Yeah, um, comes a time it was still one of my favourite albums of all time. Brilliant acoustic uh, Neil Young album. Four strong winds is on it. And yeah, human highways still one of my favourite songs. But I was obsessed with, with that record and. And I remember flicking through all my childhood years, you know, and and whether it be my stepdad bringing in stuff like Springsteen, which I hadn't heard, Supertramp and all this nonsense, Jeff Blins, which isn't, yeah, War of the Worlds. We had that Gatefold album, Uh, Too Low For Zero Elton John uh, Dylan Records Um, It used to be this guy Came round my house Called The Carrot Man (laughs) Sounds sinister doesn't it But they were the friends of my mum And I look back now And realise they were all Getting stoned in the living room But I didn't know When I was a kid He used to have this carrot With a hole in it Round his neck And now looking back He was obviously Smoking dope You know Proper hippies so I, I was in the, and, and the band, the Carrot Man, and the guy right, and I tell you what, well, funny enough, talking about people, and this sounds sinister, but it's not, there was this fantastic guy in our estate called Mr. Curry, an old, really old guy, Scottish guy, and he used to have Ludo and chess, and he taught us these mind game, playing yeah. games, and he was a huge Liverpool fan, and I think he came from roughly the same part of the as Shankly, and he turned every kid in our area to, into a Liverpool His fan. Liverpool friends, My right? stepdad was Spurs, so he was like, you gotta be Spurs, you gotta be Spurs. My next donor was Royal Glenn Tor, a local team. And this, he, he used to sit us down and he'd say, I'll tell you about the day that Bill Shankley invented five-a-side football. And, and by, so we were oh, all right Liverpool too. fans everyone was from this kid and just he, he changed everyone he in that mad. area and the idea now of have an old man taking all the kids into his house telling yeah. stories and just playing games <laughs> but he was just sensational and uh and then yeah so so that was going on musically it was just there all the time you know yeah. nonstop. and I didn't realize then how much I was music I've listened to yeah. but the Beatles were there ahead of that list so my yeah. mum was just absolutely fascinated by the Beatles and I also listened to a lot of shit, as you do when you're a kid. I mean, yeah. my first record was with the Wombles and Madness. I remember getting Agadoo, <laughs> Black Lace and Seven Inch yeah. and being the the most popular kid for the first time ever, playing yeah. it out the window and everyone doing the yeah. things. You yeah. know, yeah, there's no room
0: for, I think, I love guilty it when pleasures and all I, that. I find it far more comfortable... Are when people haven't got that that credible first record Listen. or first, it's like come on, well,
1: because they're lying anyway.
0: It's, it's not how yeah. it's meant. Even if they're not lying, yeah. I feel sorry for you because you've not totally. enjoyed the, yeah. the ludicrousness of. <laughs> of just just stupid music there's or, only know.
1: one thing worse than someone who lies about their first record and that's the person who comes to like a house party and puts a Nick Drake album yeah, on I'm yeah. like dude I like Nick Drake but this makes you a wanker you know just because I've, you put that on it doesn't make you a good I've guy had,
0: I've had people at my club night before I had this this one guy just stand there next to the the decks as I'm DJing and he just called me I was like what happened man mm. I was like what he was like I listen to your music I listen to your radio show why are you playing this shit I was like Oh, because because we're in a club. Yeah, it's like we're in a club. I'm playing like club hip hop. Yeah. and 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 also because I'm a bit drunk, I, yeah. I want to hear oh. MOP, and I want to I want to hear rowdy hip hop. I don't want to hear my music yeah. or 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 say Sage Francis or,
1: or or people that I absolutely adore. It's like there's a time and a place for these things. I DJ'd in indie, a really like ultra underground indie club with yeah. Pat Nevin, the footballer Pat yeah. Nevin. And he loves his indie music. And I, I joked on the way down. I said, last track of the night, E-L-O, Mr. Blue Sky. Yeah. And he burst out laughing. I said, I don't know what you're laughing about. I'll teach you a lesson. And then we put it on last track of the night and the place went
0: mental. Yeah.
1: yeah, And I was like, don't pigeonhole people ever. Yeah, completely. And so at 16th birthday... My, I'm. What am I going to get from a 16th birthday? It was very fractious. That I was a terrible kid, not not an evil kid, just a terrible kid. Hyperactive, right? Always in trouble, suspended, right, expelled. Right, right. I was kicked out of a grammar school. I was kicked out of my high school. Right? Yeah, uh, didn't even always go.
0: for just acting up. Right? Just for- I
1: used humor as a way mm-hmm. to cozy up to. And you got to remember, not, not not playing that card. But the there I grew up in, and where I grew up, you know, people weren't just. Uh, bad boys in that they would have catapults in the back pocket and were putting yeah. people's pigtails. You know, it was genuine trouble between young wings of paramilitary organizations yes, and, of course. and that's what our what what we that's what you kinda your day was like that. That's, yeah. you went to school with people who would go on, you know Doctorates, dole queues, jail cells—all sorts of amazing things. Don't get me yeah. wrong; like you know, very intelligent people, articulate people, and and there was a uh, obviously a, a, a quite a very rough side to growing up where I grew up, and of course. Um, so I used. Not, I use class clown and humor to cozy up to all of those people. I think I had like two or three fights my old childhood right through 16 and ran away, I think, from two out of three of those. (laughs) Like I was never, you know, and all I did was talk shit to get out of trouble. So I knew the bad boys and they, I, I was, I was there performing monkey and, and I knew the, the, I was, I think, I think I had enough of a brain to also get on with the decent, you know, the, the other, other people. That was my whole childhood was that, just walking that, walk that line walking that line which i think helps in the chameleon sometimes you need on radio to switch quite quickly yeah. Yeah. i've always kind of had a quite naturally but when i was 16 my i come down the stairs and and it wasn't during the greatest time i was moving moving back into the council estate as soon as i turned 16 deliver my mate scott you know and yeah. that was it my mum just bought me and you know at a time when things quite fractious I came in, it was just a balloon that said Happy Birthday and there was the, uh, an album without a cover on it. And I had no idea how, because I had been through the whole uh, early rave scene. Right. So, because I was born in 77. So I was, it, it went through the whole generation of... Yeah. I tr- started drinking very, very young. So we go down the park with carry-outs and, and listen to mixtapes and Joey Beltram and you discover all this amazing yeah, fucking yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. music. And now I look back and I think it's amazing, but 16th birthday, my mum bought me on CD the White Album and it was just white cover and that was it. Yeah. That album for me, again, just, re- just reconnected me with, I think, what I was much more into before it became quite a bad lad. Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the single most important thing yeah. that anyone's ever gotten which makes me such. such a fucking hypocrite cuz I don't want anything from my birthday. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. How much you go. how fucking hypocritical is that?
0: So, so where did um <coughs> so, so when did you start to get into into journalism as such and cuz I um, believe you you, all, you came always. into journalism and then that's yeah. I mean it's crazy your first proper radio gig essentially was radio one right the first which, radio gig I did a bit of student radio for like one insane. show and they Obviously kicked me that's, off. that's what everyone is said to yeah. be working towards very and bizarre I had Hugh Stevens on who was a similar one yeah. at 16
1: same time as me yeah. at,
0: at the same time it's like, well I was
1: the second youngest ever really on DJ he was the first on the same day. Fucking huge. So, because he got fucking bastard. <laughs> Funny, I bumped into him in a manics gig the other week yeah. and just he sat for I Loved the guy so much. Yeah. And he got, on the day that he started at uh, Radio 1, I think he's six months on or something like that, he got his A level results and he got BBC. What are they? That is amazing. That? I always remember that. That is amazing. Um, I love but, that. Listen, I, I always loved. The, I never wanted, i was I never seen myself as a radio DJ ever or mm-hmm. a TV presenter ever. And I was never told it could be that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. No one ever said to me, you talk too much. Yeah. Why don't you go into that? And that's one of the real grand shames for me is that it's not seen to this day as a viable career. I had,
0: I had Michael <sighs> I Smiley have no on. I no idea why. I had Michael Smiley on and he was saying how it was years and years, and it wasn't until he came to... T- to London so it's an odd thing actually growing up in Northern Ireland he was saying in that situation no one ever said oh you're funny you should do stand up he was just funny or you're good it wasn't until he was in London that someone went you know you can do that for a career I know what he'd been told he'd been told to get a trade. what do you mean yeah Yeah. exactly that and it was was fascinating to to hear that that he was like he'd been doing this his whole life and someone said you can be paid to do that. And he wrote for radio first and stuff like that. That's and then it was exactly like, oh, it. That's is, exactly it. Career.
1: Journalism was different for me. I, I always was only really attentive if I was reading something or watching something, that yeah. would kind of pull me in if it pulled me in. Yeah. And I think I liked the world I could go into when I was reading. So I always had a love of it. So like even at five or six, I sort of would talk about being a newspaper boy or whatever, yeah. <coughs> not quite knowing the terminology, being very scatty. I had speech therapy, so right. I couldn't get my words the right way round. So I, right. I had to go at like three. My mum would know better, but I think two, three and four before I could get my sentence. I was like Yoda. Yeah. To talk back. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't the fucking internet era then, right? Yeah. My mum would have always embarrassing mp 3 fucking clips. Um, <laughs> so I had this teacher when I was about 12, 13. That's, yeah, no, it would have been 13 and through the last two years of school and almost a lot of get kicked out just performing GCSEs, but she was called Mrs Piper and I had her in a radio One show at some stage when you're asked to bring the person on that, you know, wow. and, and, I, and she was the first person I ever said to me, she went, yeah, of course you can be a writer if you want to be a writer. We were reading, she took English and English literature yeah. and I used to have this thing where I knew I could ask her a question at the start of the class and if it was a good enough question, everyone would get off having to work. Yeah. So that people would always yeah, say, because yeah. she loved talking, and they'd go to me, ask her a question, ask her a question. And I'd be like, Mrs. Piper, this Sean O'Casey playing the stars, do you think, it? and that would be it, boom, yeah. job done. Everyone would be sitting smoking yeah. and, you know.
0: People know that uh, with me on Twitter with MMA.
1: Like, like, yeah. like
0: when people, all, there was a point where people on Twitter would, try and say something offensive to get an answer people yeah. now know if you ask me anything about a UFC or mixed martial arts it's going to get a long response gonna and I'm just gonna, I'll just be drawn in like yeah. oh shit yeah actually this
1: happened and then this yeah. and then this exactly just had a like first that. British champion haven't we yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All, all last night we we're recording this This now I was, I was up till 7am watching that last That's night and then, uh, Bisping is that how you yeah, yeah. his name Bisping, bisping. it was yeah. I mean it was one of the most amazing n- n- nights of sport
1: I've seen and the guy beat him didn't he the, he'd been beaten by that guy not long ago and then he <laughs> Yeah, but he summed them and in like a, a minute and a half. And the fact is minutes. that
0: Bisping, I'm British. I've watched Bisping for a long time. I didn't think he would ever be champ. Mm. And the fact is, he was being beaten up, and then yeah. he just it's that. It's the beauty of yeah. that sport: of you can never bet, yeah, like you can never know who's yeah. going to win. And the fact is, that card had some of the, the biggest wins th- this year in the sport. But the first fight on the prelim, on the unaired prelim, that was on online only, yeah. one. F- fight of the night. And that's the beauty of that sport that's is fantastic. anyone, like it's, it's, it's two guys in there, yeah. p- 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 pitting themselves against each other. It could be anyone that. Come back to MMA with
1: me because yeah. I've got, it was funny because it, it's interesting. There'll be people listening to this now who will say, oh, I don't watch it. It's a barbaric sport. Yeah. And I want to give a counter argument to that in, in a second. Um, but this may be the two people that go off in more tangents than any two people yeah, ever yeah, talk to each other. it's like it's like a really bad fast show sketch, isn't I'm it? I'm trying we to make to, like, notes so where we come back. So, so this fine. teacher, Mrs. Piper, said you can write, and she believed in me, yeah. and she it, she embraced my the side of me that was distracted because she realized. Yeah. I think she realized anyway. There's a creativity there, yeah, and so she kind of validated my kind of love for the written word and that's, that's all right. I wanted to do. Yeah, But I couldn't get a break anywhere and I didn't deserve it really, to be fair. I, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I even, I get like four GCSEs and it wasn't, and it was the English, English literature, math yes. history. That was it. Yeah. I didn't like anything else. So I, I was, you know, just in those classes. And the, uh, I was going to go, I, I I I randomly like, Latin and gardening and uh, landscape gardening was on the radar a little bit and I was accepted into college to go and do at 16 to go there and study agriculture and horticulture Do you believe that and uh and from nowhere the Ulster newsletter accepted me in a YTP scheme 29.50 a week I'd already bought the boots to go to the college I'd given up any hope that I thought I, I, I could do journalism and they took me in and I it was maybe one of those last areas where it, the CV wasn't important you yeah. know they'd give me press releases to write and I'd write them and one might make the paper every week and I just worked my balls off yeah. I was in there 10am to 6pm and then I worked 4 to 5 shifts a week in McDonald's to make the yeah. money up and I was yeah. there for 2 years and that was my apprenticeship 16, yeah. 18 and very early on it was interesting they would so I they would send me to things where say the cameraman was taking pictures and they needed one paragraph written Yeah. (laughs) You know, double page spread on so there was the Queen's University graduations. They were printing a double page spread of pictures of the new graduated students from Queen's University. Go along, young junior, with your flappy shoe and and, and your (laughs) terrible fucking school trousers with a hole in them. Go up there and take the names of the people who are in the pictures. That is your job. Easy. And write a paragraph and that's it. And I came back and I'm writing it, and there's this guy, I remember it's a Stephen Moore sitting beside me, and he said uh, how was it I said it was fine and then he said to him Snow you was a bit weird though there was no national anthem I always thought there was a national and he went what I went oh there was no national anthem and continued to write and he went wait there and he went up to the news editor and he went they've ditched the Queen God save the Queen from Queen's University and it, the shit hit the fan
0: That's so amazing. here I
1: was as a kid at 16 with a front page byline and I've got That's it framed to this day the Queen faces the axe and that was my front page banner. And it was this wonderful, fortuitous moment that this guy Stephen Moore spotted because I yeah. would never have known to
0: write it. And, and again, it goes exactly back to what you were saying about when I was saying on the Olympics of Watch It, oh, he had a white t-shirt on. It's, yeah. it's finding those things it's that you'd see as, as throwaways. You know, like,
1: oh, they didn't do the National yeah. Anthem. That was weird. It's like, it's that's totally a story. I, I didn't have the ability to spot it, but I yeah. had the work ethic to notice it and 100%. to write everything down. And, yeah. you know, I've always said ever since, I'm, I'm always like, I always keep my eye on what I'm doing and do it as best as I can and anything that's any money or success quote unquote that comes from that is a byproduct the minute you look at that say goodbye, yeah. say goodbye to it. The more you try and grab it, yeah. it's like the amount that people spend their time on IMDb and Twitter and charts and forums and see what people think about them. Yeah. It's like, just write another fucking song. Just yeah. write another just article. Do just, yeah. you know, do, take care of that and everything yeah. else will take care of, t- t- take care of itself. 100%. But that's how I got in. That was the start. And I only ever wanted to write. I only ever wanted to write. And then uh, there was a few moments... One in particular, which was just... Uh, and then I, not to sound arrogant, but I, I, I think quite early they started to trust me as a... I wasn't getting paid as a reporter, but they trusted me with stories. And I think a good a good sign of that would be, you know, that sort of evidence of that would be on the anniversary of the Shankill bombing, they sent me to... No, for, first of all, I was at that funeral. So when the Shankill bombing happened, that was when I was doing my apprenticeship. Yeah. And they sent me, and this kid called Leanne it died, and... Uh, Anyway, they, they sent me up to this funeral and, and then the next funeral and the next funeral. And I went with this female reporter and shadowed her. I wasn't writing about it. Mm-hmm. And that stayed with me that I didn't want that for a career. Yeah. I didn't want that because I'm not the person who can leave that at home yeah. I'll leave yeah. that at work. So yeah. I was like, this is definitely not. This isn't I know one. this is not a part of journalism yeah. that I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, this doesn't feel like anything other than, you know emotional scarring, I'm not the person, there's a lot of people can, and I have such respect for them, but I I fail in that level, I I can't leave things at home, at work, and then I covered a a story, where I went up to interview the kids, at two schools, one Catholic, one Protestant, a year, or two You I think it was a year after this kid, Leanne, had been killed in Shango bombing, and I interviewed the kids, and I remember writing a piece, and again, I just thought this is, I can't see this being something, that wouldn't absolutely, you know, drain yeah. me like yeah. It, yeah. it's and and so i switched around about music because that was the thing that i think i knew best i say it, it makes
0: sense it up. makes sense of your career then because everything you seem to work in is stuff that you don't want to leave at work yeah. you, know, you 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 yeah, make, making it's it your true. job yeah. gives you the right to yeah. p- obsess over football obsess over music and obsess I, over these things that some people at other points say you've watched four matches already this weekend you can't yeah. and you're like it's my job it's my job I can justify it I because it's right. my job I it allows that right. obsession
1: I just I just cannot um it, it for me I felt that quite a lot Covering, covering that, and yeah. and, and I, I said, Look, I, I can't see this in my head. I was like, I, I can't see me sitting in 20, 30 years. And I've seen some of the journalists in there and what they yeah. went through in that time. And in fact, it was a real not a problem, because there's no problem comes with a cessation of violence, but there was almost like a retraining of journalists after right. the Good Friday Agreement. Because yeah. so many had spent all their time every day, kneecappings, bombings, punishment yeah. beatings, protection rackets, drugs rings, and, and, and it was what they covered. You know, it's what the papers were full of, and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. it was like, well, now we're going to be talking about education more, and we're going to be talking about policies and new yeah. government, and, and and there was a whole different change in media. But I, again, that's another another tangent. But I, mean, I, I switched then to writing about music. Yeah, and I remember my first interview was I think two interviews in a week on the phone, which was Hadaway, and uh, and these seventeen phone interviews Amazing. before that. Of course, I'd done that, Cindy Crawford. Then. Yeah, but um, and uh, yeah, and, and from then I met a guy called Paul McNamee at a launch of some festival yeah, and it was a, such a sterile thing yeah. and he was there for one newspaper or whatever I was there for the, the Ulster Newsletter or maybe even the Sunday People at that time and we went over the road, and I went. You were at the thing. We started talking, and we just headed off. And we and the only magazines you could buy that were Northern Ireland based were advertorial bullshit, yeah. nonsense magazines, in my opinion. You know, and there was no real vibrant local music. There used yeah. to be one called Deviate, and that went bust. And me and this guy just headed off, and we went, let's do something different. And we we, we under a veil of excess and drunkenness and he, the headiness that comes with being in your late teens. Yeah. We started a magazine called Blank and. It was. I have no fucking idea how it ever got published. Again, uh, it's
0: that thing of turning your passions or enjoyment into your work. Yeah, um, always people came with that. Yeah, people, the 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 word obsession or addiction. Even they're they're dark and horrible words. But yeah. I think there is some worth in if you can find something good to put your addictions into or your mm. addictive personality into. And the fact yeah. is, I obsess over 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 m- music or MMA or the, all these yeah. different things. So if you can make them. Your work, then you, the the fact that you, you you live, sleep, and breathe them can become a positive thing.
1: And if you my know? wife was here, she would say, "And a negative thing." Yeah, uh, I just imagine if the third might here, she'd be like you two, stop a second and yeah. think outside of it oh, yeah i
0: mean i mean sp- sp- speaking of which as we're at the hour mark and there is a load more i want to talk about i'm going to stop here and start a part two again we won't oh, be wow, going for fantastic. hours I'll, I'll let you go home i'm not going no, k- okay. you,
1: you, to you're my not going to miss
0: the euros got a dinner with my wife and an hour <laughs> perfect an hour and well, 20 minutes exactly well that's perfect <laughs> we'll, we'll go on to put on to part two so i'll pause that there because i want to talk about a, a radio one i want to talk yeah. about the inadverted impact that you and i had on spoken word which i didn't Realize until years yeah. l- uh, later, but we'll get on to that. So, so yeah,
1: you've been listening to Scooby's Picks Discretion
0: the Pieces. There we go. How lovely was that? What a lovely gent. Um, I'm gonna wrap up real quick here because we need to get to get on to the next one because you're going to enjoy it please subscribe if you're if you're new to this and click um subscribe or auto download or any of them things it all means a lot and rate us all those kind of things that you can do for free obviously you can buy stuff in the web store at speechfella dot com, but all of those support things you can do for free so if you can do that it really helps so thank you very much and uh, on to the next one